stay tuned for Time to Talk with host Jennifer Graziano of Zion Memorial Chapel and Cox and Graziano Funeral Homes. Jennifer is here to discuss a sensitive subject we all need to talk and think about. Here now is Jennifer Graziano and Time to Talk. Good morning, Westchester. It's 9 a.m. on Monday, and that means it's time to talk with me, Jen Graziano. I'm a licensed funeral director who oversees my family's funeral homes, Cox and Graziano of both the Maronick and Greenwich and the Zion Memorial Chapel of Westchester. Every Monday, I come to you discussing important topics and sensitive matters that all of us need to pause and reflect upon at some point. And through this show, I hope to provide a platform to do so. If you're joining us this morning on 1460, a Whitney Global Media Station, we'll take questions, comments, and calls to 914-636-0110. And good morning to Vinny and everyone in control room. Good morning, Tim Judge, man behind the camera, GreenwichLocal.com. And good morning to all my Facebook Live viewers. We hope everyone enjoyed a beautiful holiday weekend, whether you celebrated Passover or Easter. We hope you gathered with family and feel renewed in your faith. It was a beautiful weekend for sure. I am joined today by a wonderful guest, and we have not done a show like this yet, so I'm so grateful that this topic was brought to my attention. Mary Stetson of Stetson Real Estate in Mamaroneck, an institution in Mamaroneck, and we're going to talk about the myriad of issues that come up when we are in charge of perhaps selling the home of a parent who has passed away or a loved one. And I also want to talk about the downsizing that happens once someone becomes widowed for aging in place in Westchester and available, affordable opportunities. So lots we're going to cover, but welcome, Mary. Welcome. Thank you for having me on my sh- on your show. I'm Mary Stetson of Stetson Real Estate, uh, established in 2000 as an independent brokerage. We serve Westchester and Greenwich and are four-time winners of Best of Westchester. I like the fact that this is an independent brokerage because I think that automatically implies a more personalized connection that it's not a network that you're expanding, you know, that there's hundreds of people that can connect. You are taking a vested interest in your clients and there's probably a lot more personal service that comes with that. I too come from a family business and my father always told me in our family business, take care of the clients and everything else will fall in place. Absolutely. Wise words. So you're based in Mamaroneck. Um, You've probably seen so many changes in the market throughout your tenure. But most recently, can you just give us a brief market status update report of how the market in Westchester is currently looking? Sure. Over the last year, interest rates rose dramatically. And so as we saw even way back in 2004, when interest rates rise, people rush to the market to try to lock in their their home. I locked in my own children at two and a half and 3% interest rate. So uh, there was a big rush and prices went up. And now in the late fall, there was a slight standstill um, where people were trying to figure it out. And this spring, there are people coming, resettling back to um, working in New York City. So they need to be close. So we have increased demand, but very little supply because so many homes have already been sold. And also other people are like, oh, I'm in a low interest rate. Why should I move? Well, that uh, conversely, with interest rates being so high, it, it's interesting that the demand is the is so high because it's, I mean, they're really punitive at this point. People who a few years back would have been locked in at two and a half percent. What are the what are the rates looking at right now? Okay, right now the 30-year fixed is 6.42%. Wow. Wow. And the difference is if even if you said it was 
3.42 before, you didn't get the lowest rate. That is, if you put 20% down, the principal and interest payments are 36% higher. Wow. 12% per 1% interest rate gain higher as you feel it. But what has happened is supply and demand have trumped the impact of the interest rate. So for right now, we're still at higher and higher prices because demand outweighs supply. Do you see a push or a drive in the rental market because of the, the, the current situation with interest rates and mortgages? Do you see a push to rent instead of own? There are people that are renting because they can't find a house to buy. Okay. Um, but the rental rates are going up as well. Sure. With inflation, yep. everything else that taxes are increasing, different things, and landlords can get it because supply and demand again. So even those people that are renting are seeing interest rate, uh, seeing prices rise. There's been such a seismic shift in these local communities. And let's take Mamaroneck, for example. Mamaroneck mm-hmm. was this, you know, this institutionalized community where everyone knew each other, longtime established families settling in. And what you've seen, arguably, in the past five to seven years, I'd say, were these parcels of land where the home would come down, the building would go up, and it changes the character of a community. It become, They become bedroom communities. They become, you know, people are getting on a train, settling in Mamaroneck. It, it's that local, those families that have lived there generationally, you really see a lot of that gone away. You know, you have, and it's with our setup in New York and Mamaroneck, the, the tax situation, is it making it a bit untenable for some long-term families, right. generational families, right. to to continue to stay? Whereas if I go to Old Greenwich, which is, you know, very similar to Rye or Mamaroneck, yeah, yeah. Um, you'll see older people living there for a very long time in the communities. I noticed that and, myself. I mean, we have a location in Greenwich as well, and there's a different landscape. I mean, again, you are seeing some of those buildings going up and, and beautiful buildings nonetheless, but you do see a lot of people generationally aging there. Generation, more generationally aging right. in Greenwich because the tax structure allows so it. So different. Yeah. So, so different. We could do a whole show. But some on of that. us, like myself, we love Mamaroneck. Yes, so we we're do. going to stay no matter what. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, lots of love I have for both places, but great, great options for sure. So let's talk a bit about aging in place. What are the trends currently of 55 and over? We always hear about this mass exodus down south to Florida, which mm-hmm. I get. And um, But even now, Carolinas, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, do you tend to find that you are selling homes of people who are migrating south? Or do you find that people who have raised their children are just looking for something smaller in Westchester? Okay, so there are people that stay local. There's people that downsize in Westchester, and then there's people that move outside of Westchester. So I would say after the kids graduate, not just high school, but also maybe college, because they want to come back for their friends base that are still here during college. Um, After that point in time, I would say that Mamaroneck sheds probably close to 70%. Wow. That's high. That's really high. high. I like 65, 70% of the people to some other area 
Um, and then the other ones that stay, a percentage of them stay in their homes. And then another percentage of them go to either like a condo, like one of the great places um, that there's a place in New, New Rochelle um, that's right on the water that were condos. Oh, the old Beckwith. Yeah, the yeah. old Beckwith uh -huh. Point. Um, and Jerry Birmingham built that property. Uh, and the taxes are like 1% because condos could um, had a situation where they could get taxes that were just 1% of value. Oh, the St. Regis that's in Rye, in Rye has like under 1% annual taxes. Really? And so there's been a couple places, condos that have been set up that have encouraged people to stay locally. And they're both of those places are filled with um, it's watermark point in New Rochelle. Um, both of those places are filled with local people that downsize also local people. Like I just had, one who actually his his wife had passed away, sold a house in Greenhaven and bought in Lion Farm in uh, in Greenwich. Oh, so there yes. are ways that people can can stay local. And there's other people that choose to just stay in their own home. You know, in terms of the availability of the condo market, again, you're starting to see more structures and developments come out. But there really are not in, in the southern Westchester area. There's not I wouldn't say there's a great deal of townhome living um, and then the condo living too becomes desirable when it's one floor as well. Mm -hmm. So you have to think about transitioning into a more conducive lifestyle right. and, you know, giving up flights of stairs. I mean, those can be, those are, could be a very sought after amenity. The highest um, sought after amenity for anyone that's over 60, that's moving the highest and also not having to worry about the snow removal, the landscaping. Um, you know, you pay a homeowner's association fee, but you're just eliminating the headache mm -hmm. of that. So there's so many conveniences that should be looked for. Um, I want to talk a bit about, though, in the situation where someone has passed away and now the adult children, let's say, or even let's say if it's a niece or a nephew or a caretaker are in charge of selling the home. Why is it so important to connect with you in that situation? Okay, actually, we just went through this with my um, husband's mother passing away and her, oh, his okay. father had already passed away. So it's really important to speak with a realtor because the realtor can connect you to all these resources and give you this wealth of information that you just didn't have to deal with in your life. Right. And not even ChatGPT can give you the um, most up-to-date uh, information on this. I've tried to ask it the question. <laughs> so you want to connect with a realtor that's going to tell you what is the value of what's the current value of your house? Um, what is do a walkthrough? You know, is this something that can be sold as is? Do you need to do basic repairs or do you want to fully prep it for the market? Right. And the biggest question is who can help me dispose of all the personal possessions that are in the home? How long is that going to take? Yeah, and do. it's more than just selling the house. You also, I'm sure, have trusted resources to connect them to for estate sales or, you know, in cases where uh, a hazard cleanup is needed. Asbestos removal. There's right, a, mold. Right. I mean, you have a network that you must be very close with. And we can, and the realtor is going to just, the way that we work, we're going to help you get those estimates. We're going to, especially when the heirs live out of town, right. we can meet the um, the people, the asbestos removal people, the 
uh, underground oil tank removal people. We can meet all of those people at the house, arrange for the estimates and give them to them just as part of the service of helping them market their home for sale. So that's that's a lot than just showing them a lot more than just showing the house. I mean, you really, again, you are vested in trying to sell this home and you're also really working for the client more than just opening the door and allowing people oh, to pass my. through. Especially when you're dealing with someone that needs to shed a property. Yeah. I mean, it's like the care that the realtor gives is so important because it's almost like a golf swing. It's like what you do before you actually put it on the market is really like 80% of 90% of what's going to happen sure. in that That's a sale. Great analogy. That's it a, really a- is, especially with selling the home. And you just need to make sure you do it right. You need to make sure that you don't get hooked into spending more than you have to, to prepare it for sale True. or doing more than you have to to prepare it for sale. True. You have to take a look at timeframes. And then there's the whole, like helping with that whole piece of getting the personal possessions and the furniture and the things um, to a next new home. So can you, I mean, if looking at your experience, are there, what are the most common issues that arise in this situation when adult children are selling mom and dad's home following a death? Are there like a top three yeah, things that so you there's can There's actually a number one thing. Okay. The number one thing is the realtor. Your realtor should go down to building department and figure out the building department records. And I will tell you, there's so many times where mom and dad never uh, like did a big renovation of the third floor and they never put anything on town records. Exactly. They added a bathroom. They they added space on a home. Um, you know, it's, so you have to get straight with the building department before sure. you trade the house, unless because you're going you're to gonna take an extreme to... discount on that house. Right. But you're not going to be able to sell a home without a valid CO. I mean, you won't be able to. Correct. Well, you, you know. could sell it without a valid CO, but the person that's going to take it is going to ask for a hefty discount. A- absolutely. But then it becomes a title insurance issue as well. I mean, it, yes. could, it could certainly delay oh, absolutely. a sale. And There's I've also sometimes happen. survey issues where... Yeah. The fence was built on the neighbor's property. You know, these things is homes that have been in a family for a long time have more of these types of issues. And this is more common than you think. I mean, I I actually saw this with some people firsthand very recently. It happens and it could be a lengthy process, sometimes upwards of like six months, you know, or over a year to really rectify and resolve and go through the sale. So, yeah, we've been actually... We've been actually very successful in getting it done within a month. So within oh, the great. time that it, wow. so it all has to do with just knowing how to look for the right information, getting it, getting the right people on board right. and taking care of it. Wonderful. So that's number one. The realtor is really going to dive into the building department issues, the legalities and those complexities. What would you say two and three would be? Okay. So the next thing is like, do I have to do any of the thing on this house or can I just sell it for sale? Can I sell it myself? You'll get many heirs wanting to save the real estate commission by trying to go out and sell it themselves. So why first. is that not as effective, Mary? Well, it's not as effective because you're not bringing it to, you're not getting it out there to the widest audience. Because right. the wider the audience that you have considering the home, the higher price, you're, you're going to have competition, you'll get the highest price for it. And in some sense, you know, again, they think they're saving the commission, but they're also not maximizing the value of the home. Correct. So, so you know, but what I, I work with people, if they really feel like they they want to try a families and friends run at it, I say, well, tell you what, go ahead and we'll give you like take the first 
we'll market it simultaneously. If you get your person, you know, to sign within three weeks, then, you know, we'll waive our commission on it. So we can work hand in hand. I understand the mentality of some of the heirs that are coming in and they're coming from all over different parts of the country. So sometimes if, if they really feel like they need to take a run at it themselves, it's like, go ahead. So talk about, and we'll sort of guide them a little bit in that. Wonderful. Talk about the, um, the concept of investing a little to, to make a sizable sum more upon sale of the house. I mean, is it often your point of view that you should put that new kitchen in and perhaps not put the finest new kitchen in, but invest in the home to recognize the return upon the sale? Okay. So when I'm working with uh, someone that's dealing with heirs and they're looking to turn a house, unless they're already in the construction business, my advice is always, number one, take care of the things that are going to pop up on an inspection, structural safety, environmental, get rid of the asbestos, you know, make sure you don't have an electrical box that's faulty, mm-hmm. you know, or 15 double tapped breakers that are in the box, you know, make sure your roof doesn't leak, you know, so take care of those, of those basic, things. basic, basic things, structural safety, environmental. The next step up, which I highly recommend is taking care of the floors, the paint, okay. the lighting, cleaning everything, clean, clean, clean. So kind of cosmetic and also at that cos- point. Well, it, it's a, just a cleanup and okay. clean up the grounds. Okay. And then the next state step, and once you have that base, then you can actually add a little staging that'll make it appeal to the younger buyers. Going to the point where you're actually renovating a kitchen or a bath is quite a costly and lengthy procedure. So I really only recommend that if it is like someone in the family has contracting experience, okay. they're more experienced so with it. So you can save on that end. Exactly. Okay. Because it's timely and it's the market right now is changing so quickly. Like right now we have a very high price point in the market and actually the prices are continuing to go up. But as we said before, that interest rate has to have an impact on demand sooner or later. One, one would certainly think. So are you of the mindset that sell your home for a little less rather than do those repairs? I mean, if the house is in need of a new kitchen or a new bathroom, but again, you, you don't have the ability to do that for a reasonable cost, would you advise a seller? I would do just it just be mindful and paint, paint, just paint. Um, floors, lighting, okay. clean, okay, and a, a garden cleanup. Okay. There's many times the gardens are like quite overgrown and it's making the house dark because the shrubs have grown up, have not been trimmed back in years. Today's buyer, are they primarily focused on the school district or is there concern, you know, taxes in the municipality? And I know Westchester, we have such a unique uh, municipal structure where you're half in this (laughs) town and part in this town and even, you know, where we're located in Rhinec, I mean, that's yes. always fun. <laughs> uh, what, what is the primary concern of a, from your perspective of a home buyer today? What are they looking for? Okay, so one of the biggest draws is where do their friends live? If they already have friends that have moved to Westchester, a lot of times they want to be in the same area that their friends are. And this is as migration north of Manhattan and Brooklyn, correct? correct? That's still on Manhattan. Yeah, absolutely. Manhattan. And also there's people coming back from Florida. And there's people coming from the West Coast. Oh. And that's why the Northeast here is still seeing our 
demand very strong, whereas other parts of the country are seeing a lesser demand and they're starting to feel the impacts more. But we're having people come in from all over as New York is getting back up. I mean, we do have good schools here. I have to imagine that has. So it's where your friends are. Then it's where the schools are in taxes. Those are the big three. Okay. So and there's some people that say, oh, I want to be near the water. or I want to have more land or those types of things. But uh, really, the big three are where are my friends? What are the schools? What are the taxes? And then what can I get reasonable expectation? What can I get for my money? Right. Right. Oh, I mean, all valid considerations. Now, switching gears back towards downsizing. Um, do you see that there are more communities coming up 55 and older? Right? There's a building in White Plains that I passed by a mm-hmm. lot. There's one on that New Rochelle Eastchester border. Do you feel that in the next five years, we're going to start to see more of those? And how do those communities work? Are they, when they say they're lifestyle communities, I mean, they're not assisted living, correct? They're independent. Okay. So um, I was involved with several of these uh, that were taking a look at building. um, And most of the land was procured and the building was developed prior to the pandemic. When the pandemic hit, all of the new um, development things, interest like stopped because we had so many problems right. with nursing homes, right, assisted right. living. People didn't want to live close to each other. Right. So I think that you're going to see the ones that have come online now or the new ones that are like still on being built or coming coming on. Right. Those are going to be the what we have now. And then the next set will come about a decade later. Now they don't, these don't necessarily fall into categories of affordable housing, correct? Absolutely not. I mean, it can be for a single person, 12,000 a month for a one bedroom or um, because they're including, you know, the housekeeping, all the services, I was say, what are the some amenities? meal plans. Right. Okay. Um, so there's generally like some recreational types of things. Transportation. There's tra- sometimes there's transportation back and forth to train stations or into the city or that type of thing to help with the lifestyle, but they are not inexpensive. Right. No, you're paying paying for all the services that you're getting. Um, Do these communities tend to have pools or even like general stores? Are are they being designed to be community style living? They're designed to be a cruise ship, (laughs) you know, everything that you need right there Uh, and a good, uh, and a very, very good community of like-minded, like-styled yeah. types of people. So they can be very enjoyable to live in, in, yeah, in the um, senior, of life. active senior living types of places. Now, those things are not like the normal condos like Watermark Point or other ones that I we have mentioned. These are ones that have all the services surrounding Well, Watermark them. Point, that, that's not a 55. That's no, open to That's everyone. correct. But St. Regis is a uh, 55. Right. And it quite, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. And I, I know people there who are so happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you see just even if it's not a designated 55 and over, do you see that we're going to start to see a lot more building and condo style structures coming up in Westchester? Well, what I'd say is everything that's on the books right now, we'll see come to fruition. There's also a nice one that's senior oriented that's on the grounds of SUNY purchase. And that one is really? under construction. It's like the walls are up. There's the uh, it's all in, most of it's in studs, almost sheetrock type of thing. So those will, it's a large development. They'll be coming on and they're also nicely geared so that the people that are living there can also take courses, you know, to wow. expand the horizons at SUNY Purchase. So Some that's a very nice. Planning on there. That's interesting that I that I wasn't aware of. But, you know, even, you know, 
condo living too, you also want to, it taxes the infrastructure of a community too. When, when it's not the 55 and older and then the school systems are where there was one home, now you'll see like multiple families there and those kids are going to go to school oh, and exactly. using the infrastructure. So you can see, you can see where there's benefits and then there's, you know, mm-hmm. issues that can come from it. You can see it from both perspectives. And also you, we have to see if all of the 55 plus communities actually hold legally or whether they allow other families to come in, if they say it's discriminatory. Are there challenges that have been coming? There have been challenges further north. Okay. Um, in Somers, there's a large complex of like 2000 homes and oh. that was like started out as 55 plus and such and now there's more families that are living there. So I don't know if something starts at 55 plus, if it will, if we can really see that forever, gotcha. it's going to be that way. I want to connect people to Mary. So she was kind enough to give me my hat today. So I'll put my little swag on for Stetson Real Estate. But how can people connect to you? Okay. So um, Mary Stetson, Stetson Real Estate. Um, you can just stetsonrealestate.com, 914-381-7173. You can see us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, we're here for you. We're in Mamaroneck serving Mamaroneck and, um, well, actually Westchester County and Greenwich, four-time Best of Westchester winner. That's wonderful. And again, no matter where you are, you can benefit from working with Mary and benefit from working with a realtor in general. Um, again, that, that commission that a realtor makes really goes for more than just turning a key and letting people in. As Mary outlined, there are so many services that she can assist with if you're looking to downsize or if you're tasked with selling the home for a family member who has passed away. There's a lot that you gave us to consider today. Thank you very much, Jen. Well, again, Stetson Real Estate, everyone. You heard it here on Time to Talk. Thank you, Mary. Check her out for more information. And this is Jen Graziano thanking you for taking the time to listen as we took the time to talk. Like the show, sign up today at timetotalkwithjen.com and listen to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.